So today I'd like to talk about St. Paul in the second reading. And just to give a little context here about what Paul's talking about. Paul's in prison when he writes this letter, and he's writing this letter to, this very, very affectionate letter to maybe one of his favorite people. I mean, obviously we don't know for sure, but if we read some of these letters from the from the New Testament, we just see that Paul has this great deal of affection for this young man, Timothy, who he himself, who Paul, has ordained a bishop. And Timothy is probably a young man, maybe even younger than myself, and he's in charge of these tremendous responsibilities as a a young bishop in the early church ordained by St. Paul. And so Paul writes these, he refers to them somewhat frequently throughout the New Testament, and he writes these two very profound and beautiful letters to Timothy. And we know, of course, of St. Paul that if you don't know St. Paul, you probably don't know the New Testament too well. Outside of the four Gospels, Paul is kind of the the center, the linchpin in many ways, of the New Testament and understanding the early church and how the early church developed. So Paul was almost definitely, I think we would say, the greatest missionary of all time. Um, Paul established all these churches in the ancient world. The resurrected Jesus appeared to him. Paul, as far as age is concerned, was about the age of Jesus. So they were probably born within a a couple years of each other, Jesus and Paul. And after the resurrection of Jesus, his passion and resurrection and ascension, Paul came to persecute the early church. He was converted as the resurrected Jesus appeared to him. And then for about 30 years or so, So the the whole second half of Paul's life, starting in his mid-30s, he he became deeply devoted to spreading the gospel and saving souls through Jesus Christ. And he had this very deep and intense relationship with Jesus. And he was a pillar, like an extra apostle. He got to know Peter and some of the other apostles at at the time. And so here Paul is kind of at the end. And he knows that he's going out. And there's a real deep sincerity in this letter that he's writing to his mentee or he calls him actually his spirit Timothy. He says my my spiritual he says my son. It's like Timothy is like a son to him. And Paul hopes to see Timothy again because he's in prison and he's in this pretty harsh sentence. He knows he's going to be killed, and he will be killed. He'll have his his head cut off in Rome. This is the second time he's been imprisoned. And he's writing this letter to his son, Timothy. And in many ways, it's kind of his last testament to Timothy, this, this man that he has such a great affection for that's going to carry on the mission. And I'd, I'd like to start off with, with what he said, because we, we read this last week too, Timothy. We've, we've been going through it. And I'd like to start off with some of the words that Paul said last week 
to Timothy in this same letter. It's a very small letter. It's only four chapters. There's a lot there. It's very personal. Here to Timothy. Timothy, I remind you to stir into the flame the gift of God that you have through the imposition of my hands. That is to say, stir into flame the ordination, the gift of holy orders that I ordained you with. For God has not given us a spirit of cowardice, but rather of power of love, and of self-control. So do not be ashamed of your testimony to our Lord, nor of me, a prisoner for his sake. But bear your share of hardship and suffering for the gospel. Bear your share of suffering for the gospel with the strength that comes from God. In summary, Paul, who's walking the walk, he's in a prison. He's gone through tremendous sufferings at this point in his life for Jesus, just proclaiming the very basic truth of what he himself has seen with his own eyes and he knows to be true. He says, we all have a portion of suffering to do as we follow the truth, but do it in Jesus. You don't have to be strong by yourself. Cling to the Lord. Power. And we might say, well, how is that power if he's in a prison and he's eventually executed? There's this famous scene of of Cardinal George, the former Cardinal of Chicago. Um, Bishop Barron recounts this story. Maybe some of you have heard it. It's just a wonderful story where Cardinal George was just kind of looking out at the city of Rome, and Bishop Barron happened to be in Rome at that time, and he saw him in this balcony just kind of looking off and just looked like he was kind of meditating on something profound. And so he said, you know, Cardinal George, what what were you thinking about or what were you praying about? And Cardinal George said, he said, when I was looking out upon Rome, and considering its great history, just about 3,000 years worth of history, I was thinking to myself this incredibly powerful, worldly power of Rome, the greatest power that the world has ever seen from an earthly point of view. And I was considering how here we are now, here I am now, and the power of Christ throughout history to prevail. Rome's long gone. But the church, her testimony to Jesus and the truth could not be suffocated and will never die and the gates of hell will never prevail against it. The church will live on till the end of time and the truth cannot be chained. St. Paul, we think, likewise, it looked like this was the end. But the truth cannot be chained, Paul says. Today's reading. Remember Jesus Christ raised from the dead, a descendant of David. 
Such is my gospel, for which I am suffering, even to the point of chains like a criminal. But the word of God cannot be chained. Paul's being chained because we live in a world that is affected by what we would call original sin. Paul should not be chained for just telling the truth. Christians throughout the history of the church should not be persecuted just for telling the truth. Original sin affects us and concupiscence, the orientation towards sin as human beings, affects us in a way that makes us want to be our own gods. And so when God actually came and became one of us, we as human beings killed him. We executed God when he came. And so it shouldn't surprise us that Paul's here in prison, and it shouldn't surprise us that we ourselves, as human beings, suffocate that little voice of truth in our conscience on a regular basis. That's the voice that we're called to be obedient to. That small voice that tells us what's right. When you think about the past hundred years, and it's often been remarked that the past hundred years, there's A, been more Christian martyrs than the entirety of the history of the whole Catholic Church in the past hundred years. And there's been more deaths and and murders throughout this past hundred years, the 20th century, than in the whole history of humanity totalitarian regimes have come to be because of a, a very, very subtle process of silencing the truth. It's not, it's not one day, one move, where all of a sudden we turn away from the truth, we turn away from what God has revealed to us, and we just deny our faith and deny what God has taught us. It's this slow, slow movement away where at first we just kind of want to make sure that we're fitting in, but we ignore the truth because it's easier. It's easier than suffering. But what Paul here is telling us is we have our fair share of suffering to endure And he's enduring it for the ultimate truth. The truth that this person was raised from the dead. And to tell the truth, very often, this is the reason we don't do it all the time, it always involves suffering. To be honest with ourselves. To be honest before God. It involves suffering. It hurts. That's that's what holds us back from being perfectly truthful. All the time. We as Christians are called to live in freedom. St. Paul here is in chains, but he is actually a very free man. He lives in the truth. He dies a free man. No one can take away our freedom as Christians. This is what Christ has called all of us to. This freedom. 
Jesus, we ask you to help us to live as free men and women. Help us, Lord, first and foremost, to have the strength just to cling to you, to not try to be strong in and of ourselves, but to do what Paul did, which is just follow you wherever you're leading us. Help us to be free to follow you. Give us the strength that that comes from being your follower and you living in us. Give us a portion of your spirit. Help us to endure suffering when, when we're just called to do the right thing. Help us to be patient and joyful as St. Paul is. And help us to be a gift to others as St. Paul is a gift to Timothy. Help us to be encouraging through our actions not just our words, but also our actions to others, the people that you've given us to take care of. We ask this all through Christ our Lord. Amen. And let us take a few moments in silent prayer to listen to and speak with the Lord in our hearts.